We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. I am Scott Jensen, joined as always on Fridays by Andrew Laird. Uh, we are at week six of the NFL season, flying by pretty well here. If you could please rate and review the podcast, that'd be fantastic. Um, does go a long way to help with the podcast. We will find the podcast, which is also a very good thing. Andrew, uh, week six, how are you? Not bad, not bad. We're starting to get some uh, bye weeks in and uh, yep. potential uh, cancellations. We'll get that in a second, but uh, player pools get a little smaller, which is... Uh, Good in some cases, just because, um, you know, fewer decisions are always nicer, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah, there are, you know, you don't want too few games, but like getting off 16 games or 13 games, whatever you get on the big main slates for the, it it can be a good thing. Uh, We have 11 games on this, uh, on this slate. Weirdly, we have nine of them are at 10 in the morning Pacific time, only two in the, uh, in the afternoon window. So it's going to be a little bit of a barren afternoon window. Uh, we do. You mentioned the buys. We have uh, we have the Raiders, the Saints, the Chargers, and the Seahawks on buys. Some some pretty interesting offenses there, and some good players. We have the Rams and 49ers on Sunday night off the slate, and then we have two Monday night games because we didn't have a Thursday night game. We have the Chiefs and Bills and Cardinals and Cowboys. Interesting enough, I, I took a look and I was as I was going through the slate, I'm like, oh look at this. there's not that many running backs on the slate of the 11 running backs in like the top 11 running backs in drafts this year. Seven of them are not on the slate. They're either hurt or off the slate. It's crazy uh, the running back carnage we've had in the league so far. That is pretty wild. Um, although one look at the player pool and you'll see 
it does get pretty ugly pretty quickly. So <laughs> it, it does at running back. I mean, I think uh, I found a lot of wide receiver I like this week. I think quarterback's kind of an interesting up and down week, but uh, running back was uh, running back was difficult. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna look forward to hear what you have to say about running backs. I, th- I thought it was tough this week. Yeah, I assume we just all kind of end up on the same guys, uh, just because even the ones that we like want to play aren't really in great matchups or they're like big underdogs, yeah. and so um, I can't imagine that the running back ownership is going to be all that spread out this or. Yeah, it won't be that spread out this week. Yeah, just because there's so there's literally there's not as many guys as normal that uh, I really was excited to play. Yeah. But uh, looking at the slate, we got a, we, again we're kind of a, in this era of NFL. We got a lot of high totals. We have uh, Denver or Detroit at Jacksonville. It's 54 and a half. Atlanta, Minnesota, 54. We'll talk about that one in one second, though. Houston at Tennessee's 52 and a half. Cleveland, Pittsburgh, 51. And Green Bay, Tampa Bay, kind of the, the marquee game uh, this weekend. We got the the Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers matchup, uh, 55 in that game. Um, should we be like excited about Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers in uh, probably the last probably the last time they face each other, I suppose. Uh, but uh, yeah, oh, good riddance. <laughs> wow, nice. At least it's uh, Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers can keep playing. Yeah, although he doesn't appear to be especially well liked guy overall, but uh, no. he can certainly play quarterback. But uh, I mentioned that the Minnesota game, they uh, the the Falcons uh, had a few positive COVID tests yesterday, but they returned to practice today. That game looks uh, looks pretty well like it's uh, like it's on. Although, as we know, in in this uh, 2020 era with COVID, you know that could change anytime. One other additional test, and they probably that game's in jeopardy. And then the the Colts this morning closed their facility, so they are a little bit up in the air. They're playing the Bengals this weekend. Um, for the purpose of this podcast, you and I, I think, are, are keeping both those games on the slate. Um, so we're going to be talking about them. It looks like both of them played, but obviously we don't know about the Colts. That news came out a couple hours ago. So um, I'm keeping them on the slate. Uh, I'm hoping that's fine with you. Yeah, it was kind of funny to hear the Falcons were uh, going to work from home yesterday. <laughs> I like, know. I like that. This football work from home, but all right. That's fine. For Matt Ryan, probably nothing changes. He probably just throws the ball into the ground a few times and calls it a day. I'll be honest. I, uh, somebody has been uh, including me on a tweet to some of our season-long guys about some like lineup questions every week, which is perfectly fine. But like one of them was like, "What do I do with Matt Ryan?" And like my DFS thought was just like, "Get rid of him. Like, why would yeah, you? Just, <laughs> why do you still cross, have him? Cross him off then." Yeah, and they're like, "But you know, then I'm stuck with Daniel Jones." Like, yeah, just yeah. why would you? Why would you even need Matt Ryan at this point? The answer to that should have been stuck with Daniel Jones. We'll cut him also. Yeah. <laughs> right. Zero QB, literally. He um, has one touchdown since week one. Yes, cut him right now. <sighs> I mean, if you told me that Matt Ryan only had one since week one, I'd believe you too. Yeah, uh, that's true, except Calvin Ridley scores a couple times. But uh, yeah, Does it's. He? Uh, Does he? Uh, Doesn't he just. The first couple of weeks he scored. Right. That's right. Four Peyton, in the first Peyton, two. Peyton Hurst has two touchdowns. Your boy. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Fair enough. Fair enough. My apologies. But yes, to it's Matt been. Ryan. It's been ugly. He had zero touchdowns last week with uh, with that offense. That's uh, not something we anticipate happening. Uh, so that was uh, that was ugly. Uh, we got some low totals this week. We had, you know, we I think we had last week. It was nobody under forty six or something like that. Something like that yeah. We have uh, the the aforementioned Giants uh, hosting the Washington Football Team at forty two and a half. I almost messed that one up. Uh, Bears and Panthers at 45 and Denver at New England playing their game that was postponed last week after all the changes at 45 also. So we do have a we do have more than uh, more than we had last week and the week before, I think, of, uh, of some lower numbers. Yeah, I mean, we also see the Jets and Dolphins. The last one I saw was 47. Um, it's also interesting it, to me that oh, that's one 47? of the late... Isn't that, isn't that what the Dolphins score every week? Uh, yeah, well, I think that's exactly what the... Uh... What the expectation is, 47 nothing, because I, I can't yeah. see the Jets scoring any points. But it's weird to me that that's one of the later games, one of the two late games. 
Um, As someone who just watched a game with their favorite team of the Dolphins actually having to ease up off the gas pedal in the fourth quarter, <laughs> it's uh, I'm uh, I'm very impressed by the Dolphins' offense right That's now. That's right. Yeah, I might, be, Dolph- I might be a little bit though. Dolphins are just ripping through this podcast. So, oh, it's uh, it was ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's jump into running backs. We talked before that uh, running backs were uh, looked a little bit uh, different this week. We've got. Uh, you know, mentioned a lot of guys injured. We have Zeke off the slate. We have uh, whatever, CEH for another week off the slate. Obviously, they signed Le'Veon Bell yesterday. Um, I've heard of him. We've got, we've got your boy Kenyon Drake off the slate, too. So that's tough for you right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's Before you keep going, I was updating, like, my spreadsheet here, and I have the depth chart in it. And, like, Drake is still technically at the top of the depth chart. And I was like, nope. And I just put in Edmonds myself. Because I'm like, you that, no it's, way I'm ever uh, playing him again. Yeah, Kenny Drake actually scored last week, but it was uh, it was ugly. It was against the Jets. Against the Jets, yeah, yeah. The Jets team is rough. Um, so let's get into running backs. Let's take at the top. We have uh, we have Aaron Jones, kind of one of the bigger names. Uh, him and Derrick Henry are like the two biggest names on the slate. I would say seventy six hundred on draft on DraftKings. Aaron Jones eighty five hundred on Fanduel. Um, Tampa, they're playing. They're at Tampa. We mentioned the the Rogers Brady game. Uh, Tampa plays the run pretty well, but you know Aaron Jones, uh, all that touchdown regression stuff has definitely not come to fruition. He has six already in four games. He has five five plus targets in three of the last four games. Tampa hasn't allowed a running back over sixty yards rushing. So you know if you play Jones here, I think you're hoping for a little bit of a, a mix of catching and running and probably scoring a touchdown. Uh, how do you feel about Aaron Jones as, as kind of the top of this running back pile? He's certainly not a cash game priority for me. I mean they're just playing against that Tampa defense and we have other guys we'll talk about that I think are just in much better spots. Um, but he does catch like a decent number of passes. Um, I think he's second on, or he was second on the team in targets. He probably might be first right now with uh, Adams missing a few ta- a few games, but um, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of salary to spend. Uh, I think he's a great GPP play because I think people will naturally gravitate towards Rogers. And if you do that, you tend not to play Jones as well. So um, I think it's solid in GPP. That I mean, it, it seems like you you have to be in like a really tough spot everywhere else to have to take a running back against Tampa Bay, and we're not in that spot this week, and so uh, I'll probably skip them in cash games. Yeah, so I think I think a lot of people will do that, and when they do, they're going to drop down to Derrick Henry, who is uh, facing the the Texans, who have had a ton of trouble against the run this year, a lot of big runs, a lot of touchdowns. Uh, they're pretty good last week against James Robinson. He was only thirteen for forty eight, but Henry's seventy three hundred on DraftKings. 9,000 on FanDuel. He's priced all the way up on FanDuel. Uh, Henry's been weird. Like he was, he had two touchdowns last week, so he worked, but he was, he was 19 for 57 last week against Buffalo. He did score twice. Like I said, their small home favorite should be a pretty good game script for him. 3.7 yards per carry, um, but he does have 20 plus yards or 20 plus touches every week. So it's one of those things like the volume is clearly there. The efficiency is not, but you know, Derrick Henry has always been a guy that the second half of the season, as guys get worn down, he kind of really breaks out. But uh, how do you feel about Henry this week coming off, uh, coming off the week where he was inefficient, but scored twice. Yeah. I was actually a little surprised on the price of Henry on DraftKings just because um, DraftKings came out with their prices late this week. Like they're usually out Sunday night. I don't think they came out until like Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, I don't know if it's based on trying to not have game too many games canceled, so they're waiting as long as they can for any COVID right. postponements. But um, obviously, we had Tuesday night football last week, so maybe they were trying to build that in. Although they're usually out before the Sunday night games even over, or at the very yeah. least before Monday night. Um, so, like the Henry, I feel like maybe that poor performance is not what makes him eight thousand on this slate. Like, I don't know why he would be 
so much cheaper than if Dalvin Cook were healthy at eight thousand on DraftKings. Like why Henry would be seven hundred less on the flip? I, uh, I thought I thought Henry's gonna be eight thousand too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, so I was surprised that he was below Jones. Yeah, so you're in this weird position because uh, with Dalvin Cook unlikely to play, uh, we have Alexander Madison, who on Sunday <laughs> yep. night everyone's like, "This is gonna be awesome. We're gonna get like a fifty-two hundred dollar running back." Yep against the Texans. Madison's obviously going to get so much work uh, with Cook out. And then Madison's 7,200 on on DraftKings. Like he's 100 less than than Henry. And so it's like, well, Madison is a lot more than we're expecting, but Henry's also cheaper than we're expecting. So I think one of the reasons why Aaron Jones is not going to be all that popular is because a lot of people are going to gravitate to Henry and Madison. So I looked at some some roster percentage projections, and, and Madison was at the top of them. Ones I looked. Are you are you thinking he's going to be that popular? I mean, I, I figured once he was priced up to seventy two hundred that he would be popular, but not maybe the top of the list. You think he gets a higher uh, higher percentage ownership than than Henry does? I think they're going to be close. Like I think there are very clear cash builds where you can have both, and not that cash build people build cash lineups for GPPs, although plenty do. Um, yeah. But I think being able to combine them will we're going to have a nice long section of cheap wide receivers to talk about. And that just yep. makes it easier to pay up for these guys. And when you have like spending 14, five on two running backs on DraftKings, like usually people try to avoid that, but we do have some cheaper plays. And like you said, like we don't have Zeke, we don't have, I, I guess we can still include CEH in this conversation, but like <laughs> we don't have McCaffrey cook is obviously out, which is why we have Madison. We don't have like Nick Chubb, uh, no, uh, no, no Camara either. No Camara. That's right. And so it just seems like the, like we said, they're just not that many guys to choose from. And with these two, like on the expensive side, but they're not like overly expensive to what we're used to seeing. I think you're just going to see a lot of people play both of them. Um, I mean, I, the only reason I feel like you could make a case for Henry over Madison is because like the Minnesota passing game should be fine against, uh, Houston also. Um, excuse me, against uh, Atlanta. So, like, theoretically, that means, you know, if you're going to play Cousins or Thielen, then you don't necessarily need to play Madison, too. Um, But, yeah, I think they're both going to be, like, really, really popular. So, Madison was obviously really good last week at Seattle when when Dalvin Cook got hurt. He was 20 for 112, also caught three passes. The Vikings, as we know, want to run it. Um, I think the the key here is that the Vikings have a bye next week, so it makes a lot of sense not to rush Dalvin Cook back. He just gets, instead of like one week off, he gets a full like three weeks off, so it makes a huge difference with the bye next week. So I don't think he's going to play. Mike Davis had 150 total yards on Atlanta last week, so clearly uh, you know the the possibility for some good yards is there. Atlanta hasn't given up 100 rushing yards to everybody, but I think that's more because everybody's been passing on them anyway. But um, yeah, I think he'll be popular. I don't think he'll be quite the high numbers that I saw, but... Dropping down 200, we have Mike Davis, who suddenly is like over the last weeks has been the number one running back in the league. Like it's crazy how well he is slotted into that Christian McCaffrey slot. Now we have people saying, you know, maybe the offense is better with Mike Davis, which is absurd. But um, three straight uh, top 10 weeks at running back. He had 21, uh, 21 plus touches all the last three weeks. He had 80 plus yards rushing the last two weeks. His targets in the last four weeks have been eight, nine, six, and 10. I mean, it was just incredibly utilized to a huge degree. Um, Ronald Jones had 106 yards against the Bears last week. So, you know, we think of the Bears and maybe not quite the defense that we thought they were coming into the year. But Jonathan Taylor was 17 for 68 the week before. So, you know, good but not great. Um, the Bears haven't really faced a lot of good running backs. So this should be a, a little bit interesting here. Um, so what do you do with Mike Davis? We've talked so much about Henry and Madison and think they're going to be popular. Um, how does Mike Davis kind of fit in this world then? 
I don't think he does. Like, I think that's the problem. Um, really? Because, I mean, he was really popular last week. And I know I know the matchup is different. And he delivered. I just – I find it hard to believe that people aren't going to go back to someone that delivered for him the last couple of weeks. Um, I mean, I think the popular build is going to be Henry Madison, at least yeah. in cash games, which makes, like, an Aaron Jones-Mike Davis combo look really right. good. Like, um, I don't know. I just feel like there's a general thought that the Chicago defense is good. It's much better against the pass and the run, at least in terms of like fantasy points. So um, I don't know if people are necessarily going to be rushing to uh, Teddy B again this week or Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore. Um, DJ Moore, touchdown. It was beautiful. (laughs) Finally. Um, So like, yeah, I just think uh, Davis is in this kind of weird range where the other guys in the price range just look better. And if they look better, uh, you know, it's not like Mike Davis is 6,000. Uh, I mean, he shouldn't be. I mean, he's obviously right. put up more than enough production to justify this price. But I think just with with how good the matchups are for Henry and Madison, people are just going to go there. So then right below that, we have someone who has another tough matchup. We have Kareem Hunt at Pittsburgh. He's 6,900 on drafting, 7,000 on FanDuel. Uh, we saw the first full, full game last week without Nick Chubb. He had 23 touches. He was only 20 for 72, and he had, did have three catches and scored a touchdown receiving, kind of helped uh, helped his line there. But he played was against the Colts rush D, who was a very good rush D. Another tough matchup against the Steelers. Uh, Miles Sanders had a big game against it last week, but it was like built on 170-plus yard runs. So right. it was kind of a little bit skewed. There. The, the line, He was 11 for 80, but one of those runs was 74 yards. So like the rest of the time, he did absolutely nothing. Haven't let a running back over 80 yards. Um, I think Hunt's really good. I think he'll have volume, but uh, you just look at Pittsburgh and it's tough to click that there. Yeah. Um, and the same way with Sanders, like for this week, like the, if if you have the guys we just talked about, like Mike Davis looks fantastic to me versus Miles Sanders against the Ravens or Hunt at Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. I don't even, I don't even have Sanders like as on my sheet as right. playable this week. I think, I think versus Baltimore game script, whatever it may be. I'm just, uh, it, he he's so explosive. He may do well, but I just not someone I'm playing for the price. But like James Robinson's much better than both of them, right? Yeah, I mean he's facing home against Detroit in a game that uh, you know he should see heavy volume. I, I think I'd play him. I don't know. I I have a thing for Kareem Hunt, so I'm a little <laughs> bit stuck there because I think, I just think Kareem Hunt's really really good um, at football. By the way, not in life. Um, right. But. I the app Pittsburgh scares me, but I think he'll be heavily involved in the passing game if they have to throw it. Um, it depends on Odell Beckham. Maybe if you know if he's not healthy, he he, he went home sick yesterday. Uh, you know if they need to utilize Hunt a little more in the passing game. Um, I like Hunt more than Sanders for sure, but it's tough to go over him over Robinson just with the with the anticipated volume there. Yeah, but even I mean they're still not that much cheaper than the guys we've discussed. Like I feel like yeah, we're just going to keep. That's the that's the key point. Yeah. There's really only one guy. Uh, I'll call it two guys. There's really only two guys that I feel like um, should be in the uh, fantasy point range of these guys, but not in the salary range. And like, that's generally what we look for. Um, And they're guys that like, you never really want to play. Maybe one you do, but like, I I would skip Jonathan Taylor this week. If, if the Colts play, like I, the matchup is fine. It makes sense. But like, I feel like we're just, not seeing anything out of Taylor to make me think that he's going to have one of these like 22 for 185 and two touchdown games. Like it's just going to be, he needs those 23 carries to get to 85 yards. And like, yeah. and, I, and, and not only that, he played, he played 31 snaps last week. Like they're just, they're missing out. He played 33 snaps and 24 the week before that. He's not, 
he's not out on the field enough to to put up the line that you said at least so far. It's going to happen at some point this sure. year. They're going to fully go there, but like I don't want to play him every week waiting for it. I'll just wait until it comes and play him after that. I mean, I just three straight weeks with 33 or fewer snaps is not what I want to see for a guy that's not that cheap. Right, right. Uh, so the two guys that fall in, I almost want to call it. Maybe we could even throw a third guy in, actually. But I almost want to call it the David Johnson group because it's not actually David Johnson this week. But it's like the right matchup. He gets all the touches. Um, they're favored. So, like, the two guys are um, David Montgomery playing against yep. the Panthers because, like, generally, like we did last year, like what tight end is playing Carol- or Arizona this week. Yep. Uh, this year, it's like which running back is against Carolina. Th- this week is Montgomery, 5,800 on DraftKings. Like, he gets... Yep. Everything that they do in the backfield, other than these random uh, Patterson touches that they give him, but like they have basically no other running back that they're actually using. So David Montgomery, Miles Gaskin against the Jets. Yep. Um, if they're going to win forty-seven nothing, then obviously Gaskin's going to get some touches. <laughs> right. And I think you could throw Antonio Gibson in that group. I don't think he is as good as Montgomery or Gaskin, but I think for the price, like fifty-five hundred against the Giants, makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, those are two of the two of the guys. The only two guys I had really bolded down here under six thousand. Uh, before I go to that range, any I, I'm not I'm not playing Joe Mixon this week against Indy. Any love there at six two hundred? Um, the only reason why like I considered it is because it just seems like he gets fifty eight touches every game. And it's like, he did. I mean, he, I mean, last week they they were trailing the whole game to Baltimore. He still had twenty four carries. Twenty four carries. Like what? <laughs> it just makes yeah, no it sense. Makes no sense. But. But I we don't. It doesn't down matter. Down to Baltimore. It felt like they were down forty nothing. They were only down seventeen. But you knew the game was over. It was way um, over. But yeah. still, still twenty four carries surprised me. But um, let me look at Montgomery first. I mean, just super involved with Tariq Cohen out. Uh, he only had ten carries last week, but he has fourteen mm-hmm. targets the last couple of weeks. Carolina's allowing five point one yards per carry. Um, they somehow allowed 14, 121 to Todd Gurley of all people last week and right. 40 exactly. yards to Brian Hill. Like <laughs> if Todd Gurley's going for a buck 20 on 14 carries on someone, like how do you not target that defense? He looked like Gale Sayers too. Like I just, <laughs> way to date yourself on that reference. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, he did. But he, every time you looked up, I was like, Oh, who's that? I'm like, Oh, Todd Gurley's doing something again. It was, right. like, it was gross. Right. It was almost like you were um, hoping it was yeah. Brian Hill just to like justify him getting more touches. And you were like, Oh, it's Gurley. So he's locked in for a little more. Um, fifteen hundred for Montgomery, I think, is a really good price. Like everything you mentioned, um, Gaskin's really interesting because they they actually had Jordan Howard inactive last yeah. week, and if that's going to happen again, like Jordan Howard's terrible, but he still gets those goal line carries. I mean, he's bad at it, but he still was getting them. Um, you know, he had the, he I think he had a line earlier this year where he was five carries for three yards and two touchdowns. He's just one of those guys that gets the one yard touchdowns, but. If if Howard's going to be out of there out of their mix, I mean Gaskin had a touchdown last week. He had 21 touches. He's just really involved every week, and he's not been really good. But they seem to really like him. And you've got a game against the Jets where you know the Jets let Drake and Chase Edmonds score last week. Um, he has 21 targets the last four weeks, so he's involved in the passing game. Also, um, the Jets again have four rush t- rushing touchdowns the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know Mostert and Jer- Jarek McKinnon went crazy on him a couple of weeks ago. Um, Gaskin at 5,400 just seems like a guy who's going to touch the ball so much that it's hard not to pay off the price. Yeah, and so now we have Montgomery, Gaskin, Madison, Henry, maybe uh, maybe Gibson if you want. Like, we were talking about how there are, like, no running backs to play, but, like, that's five of them that you can play. But I think those five are why, like, nobody will end up with, like, Aaron Jones. We didn't talk, even talk about James Conner um, in that price range. Mike Davis, like, I think the easiest way to differentiate like if your gbb build 
if you think everybody's playing Henry or Madison, like you can actually keep the same type of build uh, in terms of like pay for running backs, at least two of them. Um, And then, but you can just get different ones. And all of a sudden you've got a lower owned guy who could score just as many points, if not more than Henry or Madison. Yeah, and you could go if you like you mentioned, you just go Jones Davis for the almost exact yeah. same price, and it kind of differentiates there. I don't know. I think I think Davis and Madison are gonna be a little closer than you think, but you're better percentages than I am, so I will defer on that one. But I tend to think that uh, when push comes to, I think more people will play Davis than than we think, and less people in Madison. But we'll, it'll be interesting to see the percentages when they come out. That's fair. That's fair. What do you do about Damian Harris? <clears throat> Uh, I have him on my sheet here. He was uh, he was 17 for 100 uh, last week, or I guess two weeks ago because they were off against Kansas City with no Sony Michelle. I just don't trust. I mean, it's kind of mm-hmm. back to the old. I don't trust the Patriots running back situation. I I, I think Sony's, Sony Michelle's not going to play, but he hasn't been ruled out yet. You've got Burkhead. You have James White. I just nah, and I Cam know. Newton. Just, yeah, and Cam Newton. It was <laughs> the key to that they get in the two yard line. Cam Newton's running it in. Right. Um, I think Harry's is really interesting kind of moving forward as a guy to watch, but I am not playing him yet this week. Okay, that's fair. I, I'm not touching him either, but like, I feel like if a guy hits 100 yards in his last game, of course, we should at least say 5, his name. For right. sure. Um, what do you do with Ronald Jones this week? Speaking of speaking guys that hit 100 yards uh, last week, he had 20 touches last week for 120 yards. He is 6,000 on DraftKings at home against the Packers in a, a game that uh, you know is a high over-under uh, Todd Gurley, we mentioned him again, scored a couple times. Last time Green Bay played, which was week four, they were on bye last week. Uh, Alvin Kamara went nuts against them the week before that. Um, do you any, any interest in Ronald Jones here, or just the, the Gaskin-Montgomery stuff kind of takes uh, Jones off the page for you? Yeah, that you, it's the latter point. They just There are okay. other guys that I think I'd rather play that um, he doesn't really come into the conversation for me. If you want to get uh, dirt cheap, there's there's two guys under five thousand I want to ask you about. Uh, the first is Devonte Freeman, uh, home against the uh, the Washington football team. I almost did it again. Uh, <laughs> Nineteen touches last yeah. week. Uh, didn't have a lot of total yards, but scored a touchdown. He has he has uh, he played thirty seven snaps last week. So he's getting more involved in the offense. Uh, he's so boring. <laughs> at forty nine hundred, like if he scores and gets touches, you could kind of see it working out. I don't know if I could do it though. I there's no way I'm doing. It. Yeah. It's as simple as like I just I mean, I will I may go sixteen weeks with a Daniel Jones stack somewhere, and so I can't have <laughs> Devontae Freeman messing that up. Yeah, once the Daniel Jones stack doesn't really work against the Cowboys, I think I'm fully out. <sighs> One day, Scott, it's gonna happen. Darius Slayton was good though, so that part that mm-hmm, part worked out. Mm-hmm. And we got last... that luckbox Ingram touchdown. Or I did. I know the rushing touchdown that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um Last guy I want to ask you about is 4,300 on DraftKings. Um, Melvin Gordon got a DUI this week, and uh, he's back at practice. But, uh, you know, there's definitely a chance that they could go with its disciplinary action and not play him this week. Uh, Philip Lindsay is back. He practiced fully on Wednesday and Thursday. A good player. He's 4,300. We have no idea what we're going to expect. I mean, he, he has not played yet. So it's like first game back. Who knows if they were to let him free if Gordon doesn't play. Uh, if Gordon's ruled out, they decide they're going to go disciplinary action on him. Do you uh, do you think about Lindsay at 4,300? Probably not in this matchup. Um, yeah, I mean, he's at he's at he's at New England, which yeah. is you know never great. Um, I think he's an intriguing like if you get a perfect lineup and he fits well in a GPP and you know you 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 can get him to you know score once and have 75, 80 total yards and it works with the price. Um, he's he's very very risky because we just have no idea what his work right. could look like. We don't know if he's in football shape. Like we just have no idea. Um, but at 4,300, I think he's a guy that at least has a little bit of burst in him for a, a GPP kind of flyer dart kind of guy. Uh, I would say he's the cheapest guy I would have in my pool. Like, yeah, I'm certainly not playing Frank Gore 
or P rhyme. No. So I'll give I'll give uh, Philip Lindsay some credit there. Yeah. Uh, so let's jump into the passing game. But first, a note from our sponsor, Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is a fantasy sports stock market in which you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. Ever heard someone say, I've had stock in this player since day one? Well, now Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. You had stock in Alvin Kamara his rookie year. You knew this would all happen. Now it's a reality. Create a portfolio of all your favorite athletes and get closer to the game than ever before. To get started, simply visit PredictionStrike.com to create an account. Then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players just like you would real stocks. Every game is like an earnings report. If the player beats his projections, his stock moves up. It's just that easy. You can trade shares of your players at any time as long as the player isn't currently in a game. Get started today by visiting PredictionStrike.com and sign up with the code ROTOWIRE to get an additional $10 off with your first deposit of $20 or more. So quarterbacks, I'm going to start at the top, and I want to ask you about Lamar Jackson because I know you played him last week, and it did not uh, did not work out well. You still did well, but the Lamar Jackson play did not work out well. He's at Philly this week. He's down to 7,700 on DraftKings, 9,000 on Fanduel, still fully priced there. Uh, Lamar has been outside the top 15 at quarterback three the last four weeks, which I, I, I'm positive we didn't see anywhere near that even in any stretch last season. Yeah, um, hasn't topped 205 yards passing since week one. He rushed twice last last week which i think is the key of this whole thing is that he had three yards rushing last week and i don't know if they didn't need him and they were up against Cincinnati that whole game maybe it was his knee that was he was questionable and you know it seemed like it wasn't that big a deal but you know there's no reason for them to risk him if they get up at all um i think that i need to see lamar kind of be lamar once before i put him back in at the price um obviously that presented me just saying that you know obviously in your head you presents an opportunity like well i can get lamar jackson when no one's playing him like i get that um I don't think I'm doing it this week. Uh, I just, I don't know. I haven't seen it from him where I can, I see him running loose. Obviously he could do it anytime, but I think I need to see it once before I put him back in a DFS lineup. Yeah. I mean, somebody who like primarily plays cash games, I don't even know why I played him last week. I think part of it was, I was like expecting the rushing yards to come back, even though he was dealing with that knee injury. I think I read that he threw 28 passes in the first half. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not playing with Lamar Jackson for passes. Like, so, um, as like just to I mean, you are, but you're playing him for passes in addition to the big right. running. I mean, you are, you are passing touchdowns. I think I was just about to say, like, I'm playing him for the 85 rushing yards and then the 17 passes for five touchdowns. And like, exactly. I don't. So, like, is somebody who tries to like mitigate risk as much as possible? Like, I just like you said, like I I need to wait and see it. And I don't think Jackson's going to be popular enough certainly in cash games and like before that happens that I need to worry about it. I'm not going to like lose out on a big Jackson week because everybody has him. Um, I think everybody is kind of worried about what happened to the rushing floor and nobody needs to be like, you don't need to take the risk in cash games to be like, Oh, I think this is the week he'll start running again. Cause like, we just, we don't really know. Um, and I, we have plenty of other guys to play this week that um, I think fading Lamar certainly in cash games is pretty easy to, for me. Yeah. So I took a look at it. Last year he had um, he had 12 games. We had over 60 yards rushing. He has one so far this year. Last year he had eight games. Uh, so half the season we had more than 10 rushes, which I think is yeah. really what you want. You want him just having those attempts. He has one game this year with double-digit rushes. Like it's definitely – it seems like they have changed the game plan a little bit, and it seems like the last three games have really changed the game plan. He's yeah. like he's nine, seven, and two rushes the last three. And that, the two rushes really jumped out to me. Like if they – they're at Philly this week where – you know, probably a little bit tougher matchup than they were at home against Cincy. And, you know, Philly, you know, started to put up some points last week against the Steelers and started the offense, maybe started to come together a little bit. But 
I don't know. I just uh, at the price, uh, he's cheaper than he was, but not cheap enough where I'm jump. I'm throwing him in yet. Yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't watch a second of that game. I was just tilting on my phone every time he didn't do anything. But like, it was an absolutely horrendous football game. To watch, <laughs> so you missed nothing. Like it was like it, there was nothing really. In, unless you like Baltimore defense or played Baltimore, defense. a lot of people did. And they they worked out well. But in terms of like aesthetics of the game, it was horrible. Well, I think the important thing with with uh, Jackson is realizing like just how many design run plays they have for him. Like we talk about running quarterbacks and a lot of uh, rushing attempts come from like either broken plays or just like the coverage is just like opens it up or the pass rush is there and they can take off. And like for obviously that didn't happen last week, like he wasn't under a lot of pressure. And so he didn't have to like create something. But uh, ultimately, like that's kind of you would expect some of those plays at least uh, and they just like they're not there and if they don't have design runs for them then there's just no reason to think that the rushing floor is coming back so yeah that's a really good point in the design runs because i feel like someone like kyler murray i feel like most of his yeah. runs come from like broken plays where he just like he just t- pulls it down really quickly and goes but you're right last year they had so many plays mm-hmm. that were built for lamar to get chunk plays running right. and it seems like they're not drawing those up right now whether it's because of that knee or something else going on um, or they just don't need to right now maybe they're just they're holding back but it's uh yeah, I think I need to see it once before I go back. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we've got expensive guys that can put up plenty of ceiling games. We got Aaron Rodgers against Tampa Bay. Bucks defense has been a little bit better against the run, but I mean, excuse me, against the pass, but like they're still much better against the run. So you have to imagine that Green Bay tries to attack him that way, gets Devontae Ad- Devonte Adams there. Um, do you play Deshaun Watson against the Titans? I tell you what, Deshaun's really coming on. I mean, we talked about the Bill O'Brien stuff last week. He had 359, three touchdowns last week. That's two straight weeks over 300. And just kind of is, he's he's finally getting there. Like the first couple of games were like, it doesn't look like Watson. And he still makes a lot of weird, bad passes. There's yeah, he a lot does. of balls in the dirt, like crossing patterns that guys' feet that have driving me nuts. But he's still not running, which we talked about that. He's, he only had 25 yards rushing last week. And I think he has one good rushing game all year. Um, but he's getting past that early. That early schedule was so brutal. He's finally getting out. But, uh, you know, Tennessee uh, played Josh Allen really well last week, which maybe, uh, you know, I don't think is good a quarterback, but maybe a similar type quarterback. Uh, Allen had, uh, you know, 260 yards and 41 passes and a couple of picks. Um, Watson's firing right now. I think I go Rodgers over Watson this week for $500 more, but uh, Watson's definitely my player pool. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I to be honest, I mostly skipped all of these guys. Um, okay. Not that there are, like, a ton of players, uh, a ton of quarterbacks to go with, but I think there are some very – when you – when you do like blind plays like I do with like, okay, here's a quarterback. Um, let me try to pull it up here. Second highest implied total of the week. Um, I'm like, and he's 6,300. It's like, all right, well, who's that? And I'm like, oh, I think I can get away with Matt Stafford. Like He's uh, he's bolded and in shiny lights on my shirt. <laughs> like, I uh, I could not believe his price when I scrolled down. This it, um, I, yeah, it, that that one was like really weird to me. But like, if you just look at the, like again, like just go blindly. We've got right. the Minnesota, uh, Detroit, Tennessee, Miami, and then Green Bay in terms of like team implied points. Like the Dolphins, I think actually the Dolphins are equal, are equal with the Packers. But like, if right. you have, and we talked about Gaskin obviously, and we talked about Jones. But like, if you have Aaron Rodgers at seventy five hundred. Or you can get a quarterback at 5,900 and their teams are supposed to score the same number of points. Like, what does Rodgers do that makes him so much more valuable than Fitzpatrick other than essentially his career? But, like, this week, <laughs> like, you have, like, opportunities to pay down. Like, 
Cousins is 6,100. And obviously, yep. if you're playing Madison, at least in cash games, well, probably GPPs too. Like, you're probably not playing Cousins and Madison. But, like, we have a lot of cheap guys uh, in very, very good spots where their teams are expected to score plenty of points that paying up for Watson or Lamar just seems like a little crazy. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. There's a lot of weeks we talk about cheap quarterbacks, and we always bring them up. And But I find myself, for the most part, for the first five weeks, I've been playing the the Wilsons, the Dax, the Mahomes. Yeah. And I, I always kind of get there. Uh, I think this is the first week where like I'm really going cheap at quarterback, even on my main teams. I love Stafford this week, 6,300. Uh, multiple touchdowns in three straight games. Great matchup. Could be a great game flow if Minshew can get it going a little bit on the other side. You could be a high-scoring game here. The Jags have allowed 8.8 uh, yards per attempt to quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson, we mentioned earlier, went crazy against them last week. And, you know, Joe Burrow had 300 yards and touchdown the week before. I think I think Stafford's my favorite play at quarterback, and I was a little bit surprised he wasn't like 68, 6,900. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, it's not like he hasn't been awesome. So, like, I think no, this is but, like, definitely more I, of a, yeah. a matchup play than anything else. But, I mean, it, he makes a ton of sense. The, the one guy that I was thinking about, who's a little more expensive, not much. Um, and I was curious what you think. Like, where do you put Cam Newton? Like, we obviously talked about the running back situation. He right. He's the reason why we don't love the running back situation. But, like, they're big favorites, uh, home against Denver. Theoretically, uh, if they get up big, we think it's because he had something to do with it, whether it's passing or rushing. Um, he's not Lamar from last season, but, like, he does really a lot for that team. And 6,500 on a draft team seems pretty good. Like, I feel like I'd be all over it if I didn't, if I wasn't also like, oh, but Stafford makes a lot of sense and Fitzpatrick makes right. sense. And so, like, where do we put Cam? I just, I, I, it's impossible for me to bring this one. I just don't know how he's going to come off the, the COVID stuff. Like, he's been out for what, a couple weeks now? He was, he was activated on Thursday. Um, I don't think we know much about if he had any symptoms he had or if he, I mean, it seems like he's fine and ready to go, but. Um, you know, it's weird in baseball. We saw some guys that like had COVID and came back and were awesome and were fine. And then some guys like a month later were like, I, I just can't get going. I still feel sore. You on Moncada on the White Sox, like a month into the season was like, I just never felt the same. Yeah. Hard for me to predict it. I assume if he's going to play that he's feeling well and feeling fine. Um, his one big passing game came against the game of Seattle where they were kind of chasing the whole game. But you're right. I think you're looking for the rushing stats. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm going to do it just because I like other guys here. If there was nobody down here, maybe I'd think about it. But um, I just think a little bit too much unknown and risk for me to play Newton this week. That's fair. Uh, I mean, I just don't know how much like if you're in the fourth quarter and up, are you really going to lean on him to like go run in the pile again? I guess. <laughs> um, and I don't I don't know. The, and I, I won't even pretend to know the answer to that question. Right. But the fact that it's a question moves me to the other quarterbacks. OK, that makes sense. Yeah, I think the fact that the other guys not even are in the range are actually cheaper. Um, like, I don't think we're ever going to see Cam at 6,000 this season. Like, there's just not, he's too Would good you, for that. But exact same price, like Cam over Brady this week? Uh, yeah. Brady's dust, man. Come on. <laughs> he sure looked like it against the Bears and not knowing what down it was and all that. But uh, eight touchdowns passing the prior two weeks. He gets Chris Godwin back. This could be a little bit of a, a back and forth game. You know, I think that they're going to have to score to, to hang with Green Bay, who I think is going to score. Uh, great game script, um, yeah. but I don't know. It's just uh, it's going to have to be you know a lot of short passes to turn into touchdowns, and you know you want a three or four touchdown passing week it's just because he's not airing it out like he used to. But um, I'd play Brady over Newton, so there's there's that answer for you. Okay, go ahead.
You're shaking it for the people on the audio podcast. He's just shaking his head. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, Uh, I just, uh, thankfully we don't have to decide where we can easily just skip both of them. I I think I'm going to probably skip both of them, but I would play Brady over Newton. Um, so we got the cheaper guys you mentioned. Uh, we have Kirk Cousins, 6,100. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 5,900. Ryan Tannehill, 5,900. Uh, do you have a favorite among those guys kind of cheaper than Stafford? Um, so Tannehill is the one that like jumped out at me, not for any reason other than um, when I do these like blind stack things. Um, they have the, what is that, fourth highest implied total. Uh, and just stack-wise... Um, like Tannehill, AJ Brown, and Jonu Smith um, are the eleventh most expensive combo. Um, which, like, if you do like uh, Brown, I don't think anybody's really playing Adam Humphreys, but like, um, in fact, is I should he, just take. Is him he off. back? I don't even know if he's back. I think he's back. Yeah. Um, okay. But even if it's Raymond, like he's even cheaper. So like that's just like a really cheap stack, particularly because Derrick Henry is expensive, and like if you're gonna play. Henry, you're not going to stack all these guys too. Um, but I think like, I don't think we should ignore the Tennessee passing game, particularly in tournaments, just because if Henry is going to be that popular uh, and they're going to score a ton of points, like they just did it. Like they just scored a ton of points. I mean, he obviously uh, had the uh, touchdowns himself, but like they could have just as easily scored those touchdowns through the air. And then that's yeah, I mean, a well, huge Tannehill. Tannehill had, Tannehill had four touchdowns too. So well, right. Like, that's true. Like, everybody ate. Yeah, he had three passing and one rushing and, um, you know, really good game script and multiple touchdowns in three last four games. I, I kind of gravitated a little more towards Fitzpatrick, but I like them both. Yeah. Um, I was surprised Fitzpatrick was still this cheap. Like their game was Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon. Yeah. I thought he may bump up a little more. Um, he just, he killed the 49ers. The, the Niners were down to like their seventh and eighth cornerbacks, but 350 and three touchdowns. He was 22 of 28. Could have been worse, except they, they, they pulled off the gas in the fourth quarter. Uh, Fitz is over 300 yards three of the last four weeks. I know people have been like talking about Tua, but Fitz has been good. He has a healthy Preston Williams and Devontae Parker right now, so he has like good weapons. Also, that both those guys are really dynamic. Um, the Jets are allowing 8.3 yards per attempt. We've talked about how the, the Jets' offense is, or defense is not good in any way. The game script is tough. They're nine and a half point favorites, so maybe they pull off later. But I don't know. Kyler was Kyler Murray was struggling coming to the game last week and had 380 yards on the Jets. So I just. <laughs> I find it hard to get away from Fitz, although, you know, the, the Tannehill, Stafford, Cousins, all in the mix that uh, make it really interesting. But uh, for me, I think it's Fitz or Stafford if, I, if I'm going down here. Um, and I think I am. Yeah, I just wanted to add that, though. Like, the one game in the last four that he didn't have 300 yards, he still had three touchdowns, including a rushing touchdown. Um, yeah. Like, 27.32, 25.2, 26.3, and 30.6 fantasy points on DraftKings the last four weeks. Um, still under six thousand, and fifty nine hundred is the most expensive he's been, and he's yeah, now like, is his best matchup, like of that entire run. Um, yeah. I mean, it's also I don't know if it, this applies to Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's played for half the league, but it is a revenge game as well. A revenge game, nice. That's Just going to leave that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the only way. I think the way Fitz doesn't work is if they, you know, just a ton of rushing and they just kind of sit on it the second half. But I just, I find it hard to believe he's not going to get a good amount of stats in this game the way the way the Jets are playing. Yeah, just the the way that the Jets are playing, I just don't see how Gaskin is the one who gets them up in the first half, and then they continue to use Gaskin in the second half just to to bleed it out. Like I, I don't know. I didn't like it Fitz as much as I did before we started talking about it, but (laughs) but I think Cousins is firmly the fourth guy in the group. 
Yeah, and you talk implied totals. I mean, Miami's twenty eight point three also, so right there with Tennessee and Green Bay. I mean, it's wild. It's it's right there. It's it's, it's a really fun week for quarterbacks because I think, uh, like you mentioned, they're all down at the bottom here. I think that Rodgers is the only guy at the top I'd consider. Other than that, I'm going under sixty five hundred with these four guys. But actually, three guys. I don't think I put, I think I put Cousins fourth, like you just said. Yeah, and I mean, I think Cousins can have a huge game. Like the, Cousins, yeah. um, playing Cousins is like the same thing as playing Tannehill. Like everybody's going to Henry. Everyone's going to Madison, so just take the the passing games of those two teams because I mean, it's been a while, but like we know that Cousins can put up a huge game, um, and he has like receivers that you actually want to play. Um, I I tend not to like to play the Titans receivers as much, but like the the Minnesota ones, I find much more attractive. Yeah, and it, it, I know Atlanta has not played well, but that you could you can kind of see them putting up some points to kind of make Minnesota go a little faster too. For sure. Um, so let's jump into the wide receivers. The guys will be catching all these passes. But first, a note from our sponsor, Stable Duel. Are you dominating your fantasy football league? Well, now there's another game you need to play. Imagine fantasy for horse racing. Stable Duel is live with daily contests offering thousands of dollars to be won each week. Download the Stable Duel app, create your account, and start selecting your horses today. Compete against other players for winner's circle glory and big money prizes. Are you new to racing? Not to worry. Stable Duel is simple and fun with low-level entries and big payouts. Name your stable, select 10 horses with your bankroll, and watch each horse accumulate points depending on where they finish. Invite friends to compete against and show them who dominates in all sports, including the sport of kings. Download the Stable Duel app and build your stable today. Get in the action at Stable Duel. Play, race, win. So wide receiver, uh, Andrew, we got some uh, we got some big boys at the top here. We've got, uh, I think, I guess three guys, I would say, over 7,000 that I think are going to be uh, you know heavily considered. We have Devontae Adams, Calvin Ridley, and Adam Thielen. Adams is 8,000, Ridley 7,800, Thielen is 7,300 all on DraftKings. Uh, do you have a, a strong feel among those three of someone that you want to get in there for sure? Um, I I actually like put Thielen in right away. And then um, it was more because I just assumed Madison was going to be so cheap. And it was like, oh, if I have to actually pay the same price for Madison as I do Thielen, um, they're going to have to score a ton of points for that to work out. And while they certainly could... Yeah. Um, Thielen ended up kind of, I, I liked Madison more than I liked Thielen. And so, okay. um, he kind of fell out. You don't think Alan Robinson belongs in this group? Uh, I don't, I, I he does. I, I like Alan Robinson a lot. I was going over 7,000, but yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, if you want to push him up in there rather than the guys below, you could do that. Okay. Yeah. Because he was actually another one that I jumped at, but it was like, but do I really want to play Alan Robinson and David Montgomery? If Montgomery ends up being right. the cheap running back to play. Um, I don't know. They're all really good i was wondering like does everybody just think adams is fine like obviously he's healthy and come off a bye but like is he like do you play him over these guys uh i don't but i think everybody thinks he's fine i definitely consider amongst these guys i like ridley and thielen more this week with a, a little bit of a price discount especially on thielen i just i like those two guys more not really an indication on not liking Adams. I mean, he's obviously right. can go huge in a game with a ton of points. And I mean, he had 17 targets week one, and they got hurt in the middle of week two. But I don't know. Give me the guys that have been on the field a little more recently. Maybe Adams has a little bit of rust going. I think he's going to be fine. But um, I definitely like Thielen more at 7300 $700 cheaper. And I like Calvin Ridley. I mean, we talk so much about Minnesota scoring. Atlanta's going to have to chuck the ball a lot. Yep. Um, Ridley had that had that zero week we talked about a lot. But he came bounced back nicely last week. Eight for 136 on 10 targets. Double-digit targets in four or five weeks, uh, looking like no Julio Jones again. 
Um, I just love the way this game plays out for like Ridley just getting a ton of a ton of action in the second half. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. Um, I think the only reason I didn't think enough about these guys is uh, I'm probably paying up at both um, yep. running back spots and uh, just the way that my initial build went, which uh, generally is completely different than <laughs> what I play on Sundays. But uh, I just didn't. I had like maybe one spot here. Uh, I actually don't think I even could get up to Ridley. Um, but it just seems like we have so many wide receivers to play this week. Like we, yeah. even with the teams that were, that are not on the slate, um, we still have like so many guys and they tend not to be that expensive that um, cash game wise, I just don't see a, a need to like pay up on these guys, which is weird because it's like, I'm making the decision to fade guys that seem like just absolute locks for 10 targets. And right. That's like exactly what you want in a cash game. Yeah, I the like five fifty five hundred sixty five hundred receivers. Like, there's like six guys now that I really like. Yeah. Um, just want to hit Thielen really quick. I mean, he's really come on the last two weeks. Twenty five, twenty three targets the last two weeks. Obviously, great matchup. We talked about Minnesota, Atlanta a bunch. I mean, uh, DJ Morin and Rob Anderson over two hundred yards last week on Atlanta. Uh, Allen Robinson, you mentioned earlier, had one hundred twenty one yards in week three, and CD Lamb and Amari Cooper over one hundred yards a week too. I mean, they've just been giving it up everywhere. Everywhere. Um, Nice price break on 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 Thielen at FanDuel. Uh, just to, to mention that site real quick, uh, Ridley's eighty six hundred there. Adams is nine thousand. Thielen's seventy four hundred there. So huh. he's like a he's a significant difference uh, drop between the top two guys. Whereas FanDuel, uh, DraftKings, he's lower but not as much. Uh, I think he's a big play on FanDuel. I think he's I think he's actually underpriced on. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually that's really surprising that he's that low because I don't know why he wouldn't be with that other group. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Allen Robinson, seven thousand on both sides. I mean, just a target monster. Nine plus targets in every game. Uh, Thirty nine in the last three weeks. Ninety plus yards in the last three games. It's the first time he's done that in his career. Um, plenty of wide receiver runs have done well against Carolina. I, I think Robinson's a good play this week. I just like the guys just above him more, and I like a lot of the guys below him more. So I don't think I'm going to get there this week as much as I, you know, I'm always the Allen Robinson guy. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so this next group, it's like. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good, but I also feel like there are some guys that I'm willing to just throw out immediately. Like, obviously, Julio's hurt. Um, I don't think yeah. you're ever going to play Juju Smith-Schuster um, ever. Uh, why Why is he the price that he is? Yeah. Why Why is he not? Why is everybody else drop and go up and Juju Smith-Schuster does not move? Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, I see no reason to play Will he's Fuller. In, he's, in, he's insanely priced everywhere. I just, I, I, we <laughs> talked about it during the week. And, I think you were tired of me complaining about it. Not at all. Like why? I just don't get, I mean, he's, he's seven, he's 7,100 on DraftKings. He, or FanDuel. He's more expensive than Alvin Robinson. We just talked about who gets the ball 9,000 times a game. And he hasn't dropped it all in DraftKings. He's 6,600 there. Like he hasn't done anything all year. Like granted, I know he's really really talented and a good offense with a good quarterback, but I I don't get why nobody, everybody else drops or moves up and he does not. 24 targets in four games. Doesn't seem like enough to still be in this group. Um, I guess they don't want to drop him and make him so that everybody plays him. But I don't know. I think that's uh, I think if he were like 5,900, it'd be really fun because you would have to actually consider. him. Yeah, no, I think that's right. Um, and frankly, there are guys in 5,900 range that. Oh, actually, 5,900 is, is exactly the I, mark since you. <laughs> I agree there. I just picked a number. But like, give me a price where at least I've got to at least consider him and think about it. You know, just picked a number. I mean, that DJ Moore price has been locked in your head all week. But um, um, so let's jump down a little bit. We've got. 
6,300, we have Robbie Anderson, um, who obviously has been really, really good. 6,300, we also have Devontae Parker, who didn't do a lot last week, did score, so kind of got there. But they pulled off the gas. He only had three targets. I mean, he could have done a lot against the Niners. But he had 12 targets the week before. Um, you know, good matchup against the Jets. Obviously, the game script's a little bit concerned in the second half. But we hope that, you know, if they get there, like you said before, it's because Fitz and, and Parker connected a couple times. DeAndre Hopkins killed the Jets last week. Hell, Tim Patrick killed the Jets the week uh, before that. I mean— Hopkins had like 75 yards and a touchdown on two plays on like in the fourth, like anybody who played him got completely bailed out. Um, Yeah. But cumulatively, yes, he was fine. Are you sticking up for the Jets? I was, I'm (laughs) no, I'm not. Um, So Robbie Anderson, um, we talked, we've talked a lot about DJ Moore, obviously, but Robbie Anderson, I'm kind of surprised he's not been priced up more. I mean, I don't know why he hasn't fully moved up. He's cheaper than Juju Smith-Schuster. For some reason. <laughs> there it is. Eight, sorry, I had to do it once more. Eight-plus targets in four or five games. 99-plus yards in four or five games. I mean, the dude is like third in the NFL in receiving. Um, he has five-plus catches every game. He's clearly being used as the main guy in this office. As much as I love DJ Moore, it's very clear that with Teddy Bridgewater there, Robbie Anderson is the guy that gets more targets and gets more passes. It happens every single week. And, you know, as much as I love DJ Moore, it would be stupid for me to not see that. Um, the Bears have only allowed one guy over 100 yards and only one touchdown to wide receivers. So the matchup is a spot here where maybe a little bit difficult. But Robbie Anderson, 6,300, is still very, very playable with the volume he's getting. I think, I think he's playable. Like I, okay. I'm Bears. skipping both Carolina guys. And I'm probably skipping Davis. Like not, I, I, it's not the 85 Bears, but like the Bears defense is good enough for me where I need to see nobody else in the price range or nobody else who can help okay. me uh, to go there and. They're just like, you mentioned Parker. Um, uh, Justin Jefferson is in that range as well. He wasn't great last week, but like if we expect Minnesota to throw a little bit, like he makes sense. Um, we got Terry McLaurin against the Giants. Like I just feel like they're, and there are guys even cheaper. I'll keep going, but I just feel well, like. You, you, still haven't, you still haven't mentioned my favorite play on the entire slate. So it, it's in its range too. Oh yeah. So like, I just, um, I just think that there are other guys that I don't necessarily need to focus on, like jump in, knowingly jump in with Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore in like not a great matchup when there are other great matchups to be had in this price range. So speaking of great matchup in this price range, I think that Kenny Galladay is a flat misprice this yeah, week. totally agree. I could, and I, I scrolled. I'm like, oh, I must have missed Kenny Galladay. Yes. I, was, I was looking at rankings. I'm like, oh, he's a top 10 guy this week, whatever. And I kept scrolling. I'm like, where the heck is Kenny Galladay? I'm like, is he not on the slate? 6,200. I thought he'd be like 7,000. Honestly, yeah. I thought he was way off. Um, 15 targets in two weeks since returning. He scored both week. Uh, the Jaguars might be down both uh, both cornerbacks this week. There's uh, you know one has a concussion and one is injured, so they might not play. One might, might play, but banged up at cornerback. Great game flow. We talked about it with Stafford and Jacksonville earlier. It should be back and forth. I mean, Brandon Cooks went crazy against this uh, this defense last sure week. Did. Brandon Cooks, who was, a, who was a ghost the week before. Um, Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins both went over 75 yards the week before. Um, Kenny Galladay, 6,200. I assume he's going to be really, really popular. I don't think that I'm, you know, being profound or, or finding a gem here. But Kenny Galladay, 6,200, I think, is, like, the easiest play on the slate by, pretty, by a pretty significant margin for me. Wow, easiest play. That makes me feel better about it. I, I generally try not to correlate too much in cash games just in case, like, the, my quarterback wide receivers are – completely killed like but it at 6200 and stafford at 6300 uh right it's too cheap not to like i'm not doing it with rogers and adams i'm not doing it with ryan at least when he was expensive and ridley like these guys are cheap enough where um 
hopefully you can get away with it. But yeah, that, that, that was a weird price. I mean, he's only played twice, which like maybe that plays a little bit into it, but um, it's not like he played the first two games and then has been out. They're coming off a bye. Like I, um, is it a buy or is it just a, it's a buy. Yeah, yeah. They were off last week. So and the, thing, the thing with Galladay is like, he can obviously explode and go off. He's talented. He's big in the red zone. I think he has a pretty good floor too. Like, I think he's going to get a certain number of targets, a certain number of yards. Like, I don't think he's not a boomer bust guy to me at 6,200. Like, I think he works in cash games. I think he works in GPPs. I think he's one of the guys that like fits perfectly for both. Like, I don't see, I just think he's mispriced and more than anything. Yeah. I think, um, I think when you, if you can convince yourself and it's not like it takes much convincing, but like, if you look at the lions offense, like you're expecting them to score a lot of points. You certainly, we didn't even mention a lions running back. Yeah, they're all all three are unplayable. Right. And so when you have that and you're like, oh, I'm going to play the quarterback. And it's like, all right, well, who are the pass catchers? And we'll obviously get to a very big one in the tight end section. But like, you're not going to play Marvin Jones. No, um, he hasn't done anything. Yeah. And Galladay is just such a big target. And at that price, it just seems like it's really easy. Um, I, I'd play him at 7,200. Put it that way. Wow. Yeah. And now you, well, be, you don't have to. He's right. He's right there with me. With like, if he, if he was priced with Thielen, like that would be a tough call for me. That's, like, okay. I, I think he's. I think he should be right in that mix. That's fair. Uh, I think it's fair. What do you? What? So there are three guys who are a little cheaper. Um, I, I like casually mentioned McLaurin. I basically never played McLaurin in cash games because of the quarterback situation, uh, yeah. and that's not changing this week. So um, yeah, it, it, it actually got. I, I think I'd rather have Dwayne Haskins than Alex Smith or Kyle Allen. Or yeah, sure. Um, there was nothing scarier than every time. Alex Smith took a snap last week. Just was, like, uh, just deathly frightening. It was just, oh my God, it was awful. Like, the, I didn't want to watch it because I like Alex yeah. Smith. He was obviously, has a lot of time and, you know, it didn't work out, but he like left on, he left really well when he was replaced. And, but I was just, I generally thought he was going to, I like, like it really hurt every play. It every play, every play. Um, but there are three guys that I wanted to bring up, two of which I would play. And the other one I is more to needle you a little bit. Um, but I think, um, Slayton and Chenault are great plays this week, um, yeah. as long as they're healthy. Um, both of them are coming in questionable, but we're taping this before Friday practices. So I think they're perfectly fine. Um, I think actually, like one of them might be like, I think someone in this group is actually going to be popular just because for a lot of cash lineups, like you're going to have to spend down a little bit at wide receiver. Galladay obviously helps. Um, do you think that Chase Claypool is worth? anything like 5,100 is obviously or 5,200 on DraftKings. Like last week was ridiculous. He obviously got a bunch of that work after Deontay Johnson um, went down. Um, It's possible Johnson plays this week, but like, do you think the Steelers saw enough out of Claypool last week, but they were like, we actually need to get this guy the ball more. I mean, I get it. Uh, I'm not going to chase it right now. Uh, If Deontay Johnson plays, I would play Deontay Johnson over Claypool pretty Mm -hmm. easily. Um, I think there's enough guys in this range down in the 50s. Like I would play Chenault, I think instead. I just I see it with Claypool and he looked great. I mean, he had, he had four touchdowns. It was insane. Right. But um, I just think there's other guys in the range I'm gonna play more. I'm probably not gonna chase that one. There's a guy that's uh, a little bit cheaper than than Claypool that I really really like this week. You're gonna think I'm crazy about, but um, I'll get to that one in a second. Uh, I don't think I'm playing Chase Claypool just to answer your question. Okay, there there, I, there was actually one guy I missed, um, and I missed because I tend to want to be not optimistic about it at all. Um, so since you're a little more unbiased about it, but I mean, Jamison Crowder yeah. has 31 targets in three games. Uh, excuse me, 33. 
with two different quarterbacks, one of which is going to be yep. the one playing this week, um, at 6,100 in a game that they could potentially lose 47 to nothing. So you don't get the touchdown, but you might get, you know, 16 targets again. Like, does he, like, I don't think I've ever played Jamison Crowder in cash just because, like, I'm like, he's so much better than everybody, but I'm like, the Jets are so bad that, like, it doesn't matter. But, like, somehow it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who is throwing passes to him. He's going to get 10 to 15 targets every game. And in this game where they should be throwing, like, should I be giving a longer look to Jameson Crowder? Yes. And I think you actually buried the best stat. I mean, you mentioned all the targets, which are very important. He's been over 100 yards in all those yeah. games, too. All, Two touchdowns. Three games have been over 100 yards. Like, he's doing something with those targets. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have nobody else that's had 100 yards in all their games. Um, he should avoid Byron Jones. He'll be lined up in the slot. The, the Miami was lit up in the slot by Stephon Diggs. Had 160 yards against them in week two. We think Fitz and Parker and Press Williams and Miles Gaskin are all playable and gonna gonna get some points. Yeah, I think Crowder's. I mean, he's he's priced correctly. Like I, I think they they moved him up and he's sixty one hundred. So it's a, at a point where it's not easy. Like if he was fifty two hundred, like it'd be easiest play ever. Um, yeah, he's certainly in the mix for me. I just there's a lot of guys in this range I like a lot, which might be a little bit tough, but. Um, I think that helps his. I think he's going to be under owned too because I think everybody's going to go to Galladay. I yeah. think people play Chris Godwin. I think people play Parker. People play the other guys we talked about. Um, yeah, I think he's really playable. It's scary with the Jets. It's scary with Flacco, <laughs> but they're going to have to throw the ball the whole second half. You would think. I mean, <laughs> might not even be the second half. Could could start at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. Although you're That's also depending too. on Adam Gase um, doing the right thing. Yeah, there's there's also that. Um, so there's a couple of guys here that I really like. We haven't even talked about yet. Um, I, I, I think I'm higher on this guy than you are, but like 5,600, I love AJ Brown. I think yeah. that price is, I think that price is because he played, he played on Tuesday and he looked good. And he looked kind of looked back healthy. They probably hadn't adjusted him. I think 5,600 for a guy that's this good is just a, a misprice. Also, he had nine targets, uh, nine targets week one. Uh, he went seven or seven for eight. Or like, sorry. Last week he went eight, seven for 82 and a touchdown. Um, he was over 100 yards of the touchdown against the Titans both games last year when he played them. Um, Houston's played pretty well. Uh, played, played well against receivers. They played Jacksonville well last week, but you know that's Jacksonville. Um, Thielen and, and Justin Jefferson both had over 100 yards the week before, so I kind of throw out the Jacksonville stuff. I just think, I think AJ Brown at 5600, I just think is it's too much talent for that price. Kind of what it comes down to. I think that's always going to be the issue with Brown. Like he's like we all know he's really really good, and it's just a matter of like whether they utilize him well enough and but yeah i think it's a great i mean we were saying if everybody's on henry and you can get uh a not as popular Tannehill, aj brown johnny smith or raymond or one of whoever else is on there freeze comes back like um i think that makes total sense and i also wonder if they've shifted how they use brown we only have two games to look at but he has eight targets and nine targets in those two games yeah. so it's not like he's the marquise brown and he's getting more targets too so that's a bad example but not the guy <laughs> where they're you know getting three or four there was a lot of games last year with brown where he got like four targets it was a matter if he hit that 60 yard play or not um i don't I think know I, I think that he's i think i wrote about it for the tuesday game i think he only had three or four games all of last season including the playoffs with more than four targets Excuse me, more than four receptions. Yeah, I'm looking at it now, and that looks about right. Um, and this year, he's had five and seven in his two games. Right. So I, just, I think he's, wow. I, I think he's the, I think he's the guy in the offense now. I think 5600 is just way too cheap. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have a lot of lineups with Galladay, AJ Brown, both in them, and kind of just uh, playing the price on those guys. See you at the top. 
Yeah, hopefully. Uh, you mentioned Darius Slayton, 5,400. Um, he obviously, uh, it sounds like Sterling Shepard's still going to be out one more week, uh, which is big for Slayton. He, he gets a lot more action when Shepard's out. He was he was good against Dallas. I mean, a lot of action, 11 targets, 8 for 129, 25 targets the last three weeks. He's a guy that if he's getting targets, he's so talented that it just kind of almost has to work out unless they just get horrible quarterback play, which is very possible, which is possible. with Daniel Jones. Um, Washington hasn't allowed a hundred yard uh, receiver yet, which is probably the fact that people run against them and, you know, kind of running out the clock, but you know, Robert Woods and cup had like 140 yards total between them. Uh, I think Slayton's very, very playable at 5,400. I just, uh, there's other guys that I, I like maybe a little bit more this week, but he's definitely in my, in my kind of small receiver group that I'm considering. Is Chenault in that group? He is, he's 5,200. Um, you know, the targets have been up nicely. Uh, he had what eight, uh, eight targets last week for seven catches, Played 52 snaps last week, which I think is really important. Good game flow. If you want to go Stafford, Gallon, you want somebody coming back. I think anybody, if I'm trying to get a piece of this Jacksonville offense, I think it's Chanel probably right now. And, and DJ Chark did not practice Wednesday, Thursday. If he doesn't play, he definitely bumps up in my in, in my player pool. Yep. Okay. So there's one more guy in this range I wanted to talk about. And he's 5,000. And you're going to think I'm crazy for this one. Um, oh, don't Hilton. say, oh my gosh. <laughs> T.Y. Hilton against Cincinnati. First signs of life last week. He had 10 targets last week. He was 6 for 69. Big snaps the last two weeks. He played 53, 54 snaps. Good matchup. Uh, the game strip could get sketchy. Who knows what happens if they get up on Cincy. Cincy looked terrible last week, but um, you think that maybe Burrow keeps him in this game. Uh, Cincinnati has allowed five touchdowns to wide receivers in the last four weeks. No one over 100 yards, but they have given up touchdowns. Uh, Marquise Brown had a good game. DJ Chark had two touchdowns two weeks ago. Um, I think T.Y. Hilton will be touched by nobody this week. I think he's a really good GPP guy at 5,000 with so many guys around him that everybody loves. You're going to get a guy who still is very talented. Uh, quarterback play is sketchy, to say the least, with Phillip Rivers, but will throw the ball and will force the ball, which I like with quarterbacks. I think at 5,000, I think people will skim by him with all the prices, the guys we've talked about. I think he's a really good GPP play this week. You're right. Your silence is deafening. No, you're you're right though. Um, in in I think he's a very good GPP play because I yeah. like just like you said. I think everybody's going to avoid him. He's still the number one wide receiver for a team that's favored. Um, yeah. I am certainly. I, not... I, I, there's. I watched that game. It seemed like a shift to me last week that they decided they need to get him more involved. But I mean. That makes sense for sure. So and, and if you're looking at price, he didn't do anything, which is great. He had six for 69. So nothing's going to move his price anyway. Um, but the 10 targets stuck out to me. Uh, I think rivers forces the ball. I think that, uh, I think, I think he's a really good GP player. I think he's going to be very under owned. Would you like him more or obviously this is not going to happen, but would you like him more or less if Sam Darnold was the Colts quarterback? I would like him more. Okay. I saw Bill Barnwell wrote that that's what the trade that should happen. I think Philip Rivers is washed as a really good quarterback. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. uh, kind of got a little bit long on wide receivers. It's a really fun group this week. I just want to ask about a couple of guys that are cheaper. We mentioned Deontay Johnson. That's me. If like if he plays and he looked good at practice today at 4,900, I think he's in consideration, but a little bit scary for me. He's left the last two games injured, and I'm a little scarred there, but I think he's really, really good, really talented and underpriced for the talent. Uh, Preston Williams, you know, we talked a lot about Devontae Parker last week, and I'm a little bit mad at myself that I didn't go a little more Preston Williams considering he was really cheap, and we hated the 49ers cornerback situation. It, it came to fruition. I mean, they looked awful. Yeah. I mean, they had a guy in there, they had a guy in there, this Brian Allen guy that apparently they had never he had never played for the Niners and played a couple games last, two years ago for the Steelers that looked like like if you stuck me out of there on an island with Devontae Parker, like it wouldn't have looked that much worse. Like it was that bad. <laughs> 
It was third and 22, and he literally let Parker just run right by him. And I was like, what? Like, granted, some of that is scheme. Like, there's no way there should not be a safety helping this guy. He'd already been burned, like, four times. And right. Fitzpatrick was, like, going to the line and pretty much looking where Allen was and just throwing to the guy that was – was, it was really sad. But uh, Preston Williams looked good last week. He had done nothing, really, he before that week. He, hadn't, he hasn't topped five targets since week one. But four for 106 at 4700. I think he's worth mentioning just because of the fact that they could they could thrash the Jets, they could score a ton, uh, especially the first half throwing the ball. Um, we mentioned the you know the, the DeAndre Hopkins stuff for, with the Jets last week, and you, you did mention there was a couple of big plays. But 4700, I think Preston is still in the player pool as someone that's usable. Yeah, and I think he makes like a reasonable addition to a Dolphin stack if you decide to fade either Parker or Gasecki because that seems where most people are going to go if they if they want a bunch of the Dolphins, which. Um, is not a phrase I expected to have to say this season. <laughs> right. Um, yet, uh, I believe Jerry in his hidden stat line article this week uh, was noting that Preston Williams is losing some snaps to Jakeem Grant, who is like the fastest human on earth. But um, <laughs> I think, like, I, I agree. Wouldn't like, that Williams be an is... awesome title to hold? <laughs> fastest man on earth would be like the coolest Fastest title man on earth. They, they had yeah. that. For, I mean, isn't that what the, uh, what Bolt was? Or not Bolt. Uh, they always give it to the 100 meter. I don't even know who yeah, holds the record same, now. Yeah, as you say, yeah, forever. I think he, probably, he might still be. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, Williams makes sense. Um, I mean, I, it, it just seems like there are a lot of guys down here that you, like, could go with. And none of them, I think, are reasonable cash game plays. But, like, T. Higgins has looked really good recently. Uh, and Keel Harry with uh, Newton back, you think you might be able to get something out of him. Um, I think those guys are, like, guys you can look at, but I'm not sure you're really, like, Talk to me. Uh, talk. Talk to me about Travis Fulgham in uh, in Philadelphia at forty four hundred. Given the matchup, I just don't see the reason. Like, I'm not going to buy into having to play against Baltimore. Like, that's how I was thinking about it. Um, what? What thir- about 13, 13 targets last week? Yeah, I mean, ten for one fifty two. Uh, I know he's against Baltimore, but maybe that maybe they're trailing in that game and it works. But uh, yeah, the matchup scares me. But they, uh, I tell you what, they love Travis. Every quote from the Eagles, like front office and team this week, has been loving Travis Fulton. I mean, after that game, you would like anybody. So, like, you'd, you'd hope, hope so, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, what about your boy uh, at thirty two hundred, Olamide Zacchaeus? Yeah, he burned a little bit last week. He still played a lot. Yeah, he, but, did. he, played, um, he played more than any other wide receiver. Like, if you had Falcons. told me that, I'd be like, oh, I'm, I mean, I played him anyway, but, like, I would have loved that. He played 63 snaps. Yeah. And, and the first drive, he had, like, that 13-yard catch. I yes. think I DM'd you, like, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> did touch the ball again. Um, four targets. It's, yeah, it's uh, – I think he's still playable. And in a game where, like, if you want to go really cheap and get a piece of this game at 3,200, I, I think he's still playable. Um, what, what do you do with your boy in, in New York, Jeff Smith? He, we talked about the nine targets the, the week before. He had 11 targets last week. Um, He's still 3,000. Yeah, that, that's a weird one. Um, Ele- he had 20 targets last two weeks. Yeah. He, I, I mean, mean he was, cut three for 23. That's the problem. It, that's hard to do on 11 targets. It, like, it's that's really, really hard. Um, I think Granted, that's probably, probably some Joe Flacco in there, but still. Well, right. It, it's almost like Jamison Crowder has shown that he is immune to whoever the quarterback is and Jeff... Jeff Smith obviously is not. I and mean, probably obviously deeper targets and all that, but yeah. uh, I don't know. Twenty targets over the last two games for three thousand is uh, you know something that uh, you can't automatically cross off. Yeah, I. It sounds like you have. <laughs> I would probably play Zacchaeus over Smith. Okay. Um, Just to get a piece of that game and that offense instead of the Jets. Right. 
Right. Again, 47 nothing. I don't know why you're buying into the zero. <laughs> that's, that's true, too. Um, I mean, the I thing is, probably... he's, he's more likely, like, they could end up on the exact same stat line where it's like three for 43, but Smith is three for 43 on 12 targets and Zacchaeus is three for 43 on five. And like, yes, you, in that case, like you should always go to Smith because like you want the targets. Like you, you cannot catch passes unless you get the targets. But I don't, I don't need to buy into that. Yeah. Zacchaeus is frustrating because they, they, he really looked at first drive and they just, they went away from it. They didn't, they threw everything to Ridley in the second yeah. half. There was a drive where like Ridley had like six passes in a row that he caught. It was just, it was frustrating because I, 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 the game kind of worked out as you wanted it to. They were throwing the ball a lot. And it just didn't. Uh, it didn't happen. It was one of the, I mean, when you get when you get cheap guys like that, you always get that risk that you know they kind of disappear and the team doesn't use them as much as they should. And that was that was what happened there. You just assumed that he got hurt. Like if you weren't watching yeah. the game, and it's like no, no, no. He ran more routes than Calvin Ridley. He just never was, got the ball back to him. It's annoying because Ridley's eighteen and this is a case of seventeen. So every time you could get like kind of half see the jersey, like right. oh, this, and you're like no, no, not not him. You like there was just no explanation for it. It's not like he fumbled. It's not like he dropped yeah. a, a blatant pass and Matt Ryan went all Aaron Rodgers on him and just stopped throwing. Like there was just no reason. All of a sudden he just disappeared. Yeah, it was almost like they at halftime they're like we need to get the ball to Calvin Ridley and just went hyper intense right. with that. So. Right. Um, let's jump into tight ends uh, real quick before we get out of here. Um, interesting slate this week because uh, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey are not on it. So we don't have that elite uh, the elite guys at the top. Uh, Mark Andrews is the most expensive at 6,500. You said it earlier. I think you said it earlier. Um, Andrews just has to score to work. And I just uh, I don't think I want to pay up for a guy that uh, I mean, he, he's, he's a ton of red zone targets. Lamar looks him in the red zone, but he doesn't have over 60 yards in a game yet. Like, I don't think I can play this price for him. Yeah. That, I mean, he's a thousand more. Uh, than the next highest on DraftKings. And um, yeah, like he is a prototypical tight end in the sense that he's not breaking off like really long plays, not Noah Fant in that regard or Kittle. Um, And so when you're relying on like fairly low uh, target depth and five to seven catches, you really need to one or two of them to be in the end zone, uh, particularly at 6,500. Like 6,500 on... DraftKings for uh, the wide receiver range, like we were talking about, like Galladay is 62, Crowder yeah. 61, Godwin 64, um, Juju Smith-Schuster 6600. Like Andrews, if he was a wide receiver, wouldn't be remotely close to these guys. And yeah. like he obviously helps fill a tight end spot, but like there are other tight ends to play this week. That for a cash game, this I don't know why you would play Andrews when you could use that salary and not have to get a four thousand dollar wide receiver. If Chris Godwin is ruled in and, and playable, are you going to use him at 6,400? You mentioned him just a second ago. No. <clears throat> okay. I, know, I mean, Jameis, Jameis Godwin is much different than Brady Godwin. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's fair. They're just I think there's just there's cheaper guys than Godwin that I like more. Yeah. So I'm just not I'm probably not going to do it either. Um, otherwise, at tight end, we've got uh, we have Ertz at 5,000, Gasecki at 5,500, Hawkinson at 5,300. The guy that sticks out to me in this range, if you're going to pay, I, I guess a pay medium, I wouldn't call it pay up. Uh, Johnu Smith at 5,200 um, is uh, he has five touchdowns already through four games. His targets have been really good, over seven targets in three of the four games. Houston has been good against tight ends. Travis Kelsey did, got a touchdown at 50 yards against them week one, but I just think in this offense, the way they're they're built, Johnu Smith is kind of their second receiver after AJ Brown. Right, um, and is he definitely after Brown? That I mean, that, that's a fair point. Like I I, I think he is and. Um, 
I think I like AJ Brown more than you do, but um, he's right there with him. Like he's very involved in the red zone. I mean, five touchdowns in four games. Like that's they're they're clearly good. when they get inside the twenty, they're clearly looking at Johnny, which is really important. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um, I wasn't surprised, but I was like disappointed at how expensive Hawkinson was. Um, yeah, me too. Like for how cheap it felt like Stafford were, was and Galladay mm-hmm. was. That it was like, oh, maybe we can get like a 4,800 Hawkinson. And like, not that 5,300 on DraftKings is that different, but it's like different enough. There were other guys like below him that it's like, oh, I guess that I'd, I'd probably play that guy instead. But like, I don't know. It was kind of disappointing in that one. But yeah, I like Smith a lot in that spot. I'm just not sure my build ends up in a range where I can afford these guys. Yeah. In this range, though, it's Smith for me. Um, I play him over Hawkinson, Gusecki, and Ertz. I agree. And and uh, breakout star of 2020, Robert Tanyan, who's now 5100 on DraftKings. So after the uh, after the three touchdown game without Devontae Adams, I am uh, I'm not uh, jumping in on that one this week. Um, he has 11 catches on 11 targets. That's um, impressive. In the last two games, and if there's one thing we know, is that Aaron Rodgers likes guys who catch his passes. <laughs> that is that is true. Um, uh, but yeah, 5100. Give me Janu every day yeah. uh, this week over him at the same price. Yep. As we get a little cheaper, uh, I think there's a guy you like down in the 4,000 range. Who who are your cheaper tight ends this week? Uh, Eric Ebron is the one who jumped out at me. Um, yeah. Although I originally tried to convince myself to do the other double E, Evan Ingram. Um, but it's like we went in last week with like he's getting all these targets. At some point, yep. he's going to catch them. He's going to get in the end zone. It's going to be great. He got in the end zone. But it wasn't on a target, and he only ended up having what do you have two or three last week? And it's like two targets last week. What, That's crazy. Like, what are they doing? Like, I don't, I, I really don't get it. That rushing touchdown was such a wonderful bailout. So thank you very much to uh, Jason Garrett for designing that play. But yeah, I think exactly. uh, I think Eric Ebron is the the cheap guy that that really jumps out at me this week. So at two hundred dollars less, I like someone more in the exact same game. Um, you've always loved Austin Hooper, right? So Austin Hooper, uh, pretty much was not, not involved the first three weeks. He had, um, he had 10 targets the first three weeks. It was looking like, you know, why'd they sign him? What's going on here? 17 targets last two weeks, uh, seven in week four against Dallas and scored 10 against uh, Indy last week had five for 57. I think that, uh, with no training camp, all that kind of stuff, I think they're finally figuring out how to use Hooper in the offense. Um, I don't know. I love the way the arrow's pointing up on targets. He's 3,900. So it's like, if it doesn't work, he's not killing you. I just think at the price, a guy who was really good last year, granted a lot of targets with Atlanta and a better offense, but, um, you know, OBJ is a little sick. So maybe, uh, maybe that moves him up in the targets a little bit. Landry's a little bit banged up. I think this work this week works really well for Hooper. If he gets a bunch of targets, again. you're going to be a guy with 70 targets last two weeks in a game that the, they, they should be, they're probably gonna be trailing their, their underdogs at Pittsburgh hasn't topped yardage. You're not gonna get a big breakout game from Hooper, but I think it's a nice floor game right now that uh, at 3,900, I take him over anybody else in the range. I think if there was a wide receiver know, at 39, I know if you go, yeah, if you go Hooper and Hilton, I know I seem crazy this week. <laughs> I like them both. Yeah. I, I think 17 targets at 3,900 for any other position. We'd be like, Oh my gosh. Like we, we should look at that. Obviously they're not like downfield targets, but um, that's an interesting, that's an interesting one. I didn't, uh, I didn't give him enough of a look. I actually thought you were going to say Darren Fells. Um, <laughs> I'm still pissed about last week. So uh, no. yeah. So, oh, well. 
for anybody. I, 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 I talked to you about it. I almost went, I had Deshaun Watson in my main team and I had, uh, I almost went Fells once Jordan Akers ruled out and right. I stuck with Jordan Thomas. And it, uh, I, t- I DM'd you that when Fells scored the touchdown, it was just like a stabbing. It was, it hurt so much because it was obviously the right way to go. If you're going to go a cheaper tight end, like correlate him with your quarterback. I mean, it's not like Jordan, Logan Thomas has done anything. We talked about a bunch of targets earlier, but um, not going to Fells there once Aiken was ruled out was just a mistake. And I, I can admit mistakes sometimes, and that was definitely one of them. In fairness, that touchdown was 50% of his targets. It was. And it was a 57, whatever it was, 50-yard touchdown, right. which you don't expect from Darren Fells. Like, it was a blown coverage. But, like, it just if you're going to go that cheap at tight end, like, at least get a guy that, if he does work, like, works with your quarterback, too. I just, uh, I don't know. I blew it on that one. It, uh, it won't be the last time it happened. But uh, I, I like to talk about my good plays, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm very willing to talk about my mistakes also. There you go. That's, uh, that's big of you. Yeah, so uh, Hooper thirty nine hundred, I think uh, I think works a tight end. If I'm going cheap, that's where I'm going. If I'm going up, it's to Janu. Um, kind of the the two tight ends I'm going to be playing. And there's not a lot of guys in between there. That I think I'm going to move towards maybe some maybe some Hawkinson if I want to like stack Galladay and him with uh, with with Stafford. But uh, I think Janu and Hooper are my two guys this week. Yeah, I'm not sure. I see like a very clear, uh, most popular one for cash games. Like last week, Ingram ended up being pretty. It was basically Ingram, Kittle, and Kelsey. Um, and this week, like, obviously two of those guys aren't here. And so I don't know if I see a ton of people, like, paying up for Gusecki. Yeah, I won't be. So I don't know. Um, if I, I had to guess, I think uh, I think it's Gusecki or Janu, But I, I think nobody's going to be, like, a, an outlandish percentage right. by any means. Right, yeah. Um, talk about defense. Defense mattered last week. We talked about how defense is tough. But Baltimore last week, like, really vaulted teams to win. We talked about Baltimore. I said I like Pittsburgh more. Uh, Pittsburgh was okay, but like Baltimore had 29 points, I think, on DraftKings. Just killed everybody that did not play them, and they were a, a not super high percentage, but like 10% owned were enough percentage. Where like, like you get those 30 points out of defense, like that is that's tough to uh, tough to come back. From. You can't that's like a huge, you can't. Like it's like that's like you stuck suddenly sticking Mike Davis last week in your defensive slot. It's just it was <laughs> it was huge. I think he had 29 points also. It's a great way to put it. Yeah. Um, so Baltimore this week is priced even higher up. They're 4,500 at Philly. Uh, obviously a huge game last week we talked about they had seven sacks a touchdown three turnovers uh philly's given up three plus sacks in four of five i think baltimore's a good play this week but i'm i'm not paying the 4500 myself i like go out of my way to just not like the only way i end up paying up for defense is if i really like the rest of my lineup and i happen to have the salary um i just don't there's no reason to prioritize uh defense i mean there's there is a reason to prioritize not totally throwing your defense out and just taking the, although even then just the bottom one, like the variance on defense um, is just too much. And so um, thankfully though, we have a really cheap one that I like. Uh, I think there's, there's a couple of cheap ones I like, but before we get there, if I were to play a defense kind of in the, in the more top end range, I actually like Indianapolis this week at 4,000. Um, they scored a touchdown last week and forced two turnovers. Since he just, since he gave up seven sacks last week to Baltimore, yeah. turned over three times. Joe Burrow made a couple passes where you just look at he's just throwing ball for grabs, and AJ Green quits like half his routes halfway through anyway. <laughs> so uh, he's not going to play this week, but uh, unfortunately, he's on that. But since he also had a game where they gave eight sacks, so like yeah. they're a team that you can really kind of pick on for defenses. But I agree with you. I think on the pricing this week, um, I went down. I like the Giants and Miami. Which one were you thinking of? Um, the Giants aren't even that cheap. Um, they're 3,200, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I wear the dolphins. So you're going, you're going Uber cheap then. Is Dol- dolphins you're thinking of? No, no, no. Um, all right. Why, yours then. Yeah. Why don't the Vikings make sense at 2,300? 
Yeah, they, I was surprised how cheap that was. And you've got uh, an Atlanta offense, which is um, not playing, you know, like you normally think Atlanta plays. Uh, the, the Vikings had, what, seven sacks the last two weeks. They were yep. pretty good against Russell Wilson last week. I mean, he obviously went crazy for like – but it was like that – it was like a four-minute stretch where Seattle scored three times. Like yeah. they had 21 points in three minutes. Other than that, Minnesota defense was great. Yeah. It's just that Russell Wilson can explode at any time. Uh, yeah, Matt Ryan, I think, is right now not looking great. Could be prone to some mistakes. I think if you go over cheap, that makes a lot of sense. It's a really interesting one. I mean, particularly uh, people love their running back defensive stack. So if you're playing Madison, right. you just play the, the defense as well. But like that, like I probably wouldn't have even considered them if they were 2,800. But at 2,300, right. literally the, uh, the Bengals and the Falcons are the only two uh, in that game are the only teams that are right. cheaper than them. Uh, it just seemed like... Like, why am I paying less for the Vikings than I am the Jets? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. Um, Miami is uh, is twenty nine hundred on DraftKings. Uh, they had uh, they had five sacks last week against the 49ers. They really they really played really well against the Niners. Eleven sacks last three weeks. Obviously, the Jets are you know the team we want to face on 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 defense. They've allowed nine sacks last two weeks. They don't have any turnovers in that stretch, so I don't know if maybe. Flacco might be someone that you know doesn't uh, is not going to force anything, so maybe he's just going to protect the ball at all costs. And if they have to punt, they have to punt, which is not great for defenses. But um, I think the sack numbers get there. I think you kind of hope for a turnover, but uh, I think Miami under three thousand is a good play too. So you're not worried about Flacco's mobility to get away from an oncoming rush? No, no. But I, I'd wish he'd I wish he'd do it a little bit because maybe get some fumbles and that kind of stuff. Right. But uh, right. he's no, actually not, very good at holding onto the ball as three d- defenders are crunching down yeah. on him. Um, you meant, I mentioned the Giants earlier. There, you're, like you said, they're not super cheap, but uh, the Giants have multiple sacks in every game. Washington has allowed three plus sacks in every single game all year. Eight of them last week against the Rams. Uh, I think the Washington offense right now is absolutely horrendous. I think that uh, whether it's Smith or I think it's gonna be Kyle Allen. Either way, I think you get a guy that's gonna be. If it's Allen. I think he's more prone to mistakes. I probably like it more if it's Allen. Uh, I think you're getting a lot of pressures, a lot of sacks. I don't love the Giants as a team or a defense, but I think in a situation. Um, if you want to kind of pivot off Miami, who probably will be pretty popular, Minnesota will probably be pretty popular at the price too. Um, I think the Giants make an interesting one that maybe maybe not that many people are going to play. It was weird to me that they were a little cheaper than Washington, but I was surprised that you didn't say Washington. Like playing against Daniel Jones seems like a decent situation. It does, and I have them down here. I just liked the Giants a little bit more, so the exact same price. I was just shifting the Giants over Washington. I think that. That's uh, fair. You can go. I mean, anytime you go against Daniel Jones, is probably he, he turns it over and he fumbles also, which you know not just throws picks but fumbles also. Uh, the Giants have also allowed multiple sacks every week. Um, the only thing with Washington is I I don't know if Chase Young is fully healthy. They only have two sacks the last two weeks. Yeah. So they're not really getting out of the quarterback like they did the first couple of weeks of the season. Um, so in the same game, I just like the Giants a little bit more just because I think Washington's offensive line is just a mess right now. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Anybody else that uh, is on your mind? Do you want to talk about before we uh, jump out of here for week six? No, I think we got everyone I wanted to talk about. Beautiful. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. We always appreciate you listening. If you want to follow Andrew on Twitter, he is at RotoWireAndrew. I am at Scott Jenstead. If you want to uh, hit us up on there with other questions, happy to answer stuff there. Other than that, hope everybody has a really good uh, week six. We'll be back at you next Friday with week seven. Take care.